Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast. This show is brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature Disney wedding updates, money saving tips, and interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney couples. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Caitlin Nyland about her wedding at the Wedding Pavilion with a reception at GM Lounge in Epcot. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose these locations and how she planned everything and how it all turned out. So welcome, Caitlin. Hey, Carrie. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you and your fiancé decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney. Well, we are both big Disney lovers. Dan proposed to me at Guardians of the Galaxy, like right in the plaza, right in front. And I kind of always thought that I could have like some type of destination wedding. I was more so aiming for a Disney Cruise Line wedding. I always thought that was like really cool. But in our planning process, we realized that it really made more sense to be on land. And when I started talking to Dan about, hey, you know, we can do a Disney wedding. It is in our budget and our price range. I don't think it took a lot of convincing for him. He was mostly just like, how are we going to make this work logistically? Interesting. Okay. So then did you like lay it all out for him or how did you, how did you guys get on the same page? I started to go over, you know, there's so many different venues and in my mind, of course, because I had seen other weddings and I've been listening to your podcast since before we had even talked about getting married. I just love Disney. And because of the special on TV, I was like, oh, this is always so interesting to me. Like I love, I love dining and entertainment at Disney. So it was always interesting to me to see the special events component of Disney. So what I did was I downloaded the guide and I kind of looked at all of the different venues and I said you know there's like beach venues if we wanted to do something like that one of our favorite places to go is Trader Sam's and I talked to him about buying out Grog Grotto I just started to like throw a lot of different ideas at him almost immediately (laughs) about like walking through the park the day he proposed we were actually on a tour So we like had to keep moving, like we couldn't stop. We had rides to do, we had stuff to see. So we're like walking through everything. And I'm like, Oh, we could have a we could have a ceremony at Italy Isola. And we could do this, we could do that. I was like really selling it. And he, I think he was just overwhelmed by all the options. So we kind of narrowed it down. What we did was we talked about the cruise line, because several years ago, some of his friends had a cruise wedding. And it was super fun. And you know, you really feel like you're on a vacation. And then my cousins had actually been to a Disney wedding and I had known some other people with it, plus the Facebook groups and also listening to your podcast. I was like, you know, I think it would be more of a fun on land vacation for our guests. I want to say we compared Disney Cruise Line and talked about the options with our families. And it really was more affordable for our families to stay on land than it was to do the cruise. And also to subject some guests to cruising that maybe don't like cruising, but they want to be there for a big day. So that's how we kind of landed on, okay, let's do this at Disney. We both love it. We both love the service. We want an experience for our wedding. We don't want, you know, a run-of-the-mill, like, banquet hall kind of feel. We wanted something very unique. Got it. Okay. So then how did your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? My family was super thrilled. They were there when Dan proposed. So immediately my sisters were like, well, you're going to have a Disney wedding. So they were very excited. (laughs) Dan's family was really excited. When we did start talking about getting married, we did talk about destinations. And it just seemed like a natural progression because everyone knows we love Disney. And everyone knows that when we talked about getting married, we were going to do a destination. So it just seemed to fit. We were actually surprised at how many people were so excited and like immediately said, yes, we will be there. Long before invitations went out, just kind of in our pre-planning stage, friends and family were like, we're in, we want to be there, we want to see it. Because 
they kind of come to us for Disney advice as a couple. So they were excited to experience it with us. That's wonderful. How many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? I believe we sent about 98 invitations and it ended up at, I want to say that we had 77 total guests that included children at our welcome party and at our farewell brunch, but our reception was adults only. And that was about, I want to say it was 70 people. Interesting. How did you make that work? Because I know sometimes people are hesitant. A lot of times people want to do adults only and then they think people get mad because it's like a Disney wedding and you're saying kids can't come. How did you handle that? I don't want to say it was difficult. It was just something logistically that we armed our guests with information. So it wasn't a, hey, we're having a Disney wedding. Everyone's welcome. We kind of took them through the process and said we wanted to have an adults only reception, but we provided the Disney kind of approved babysitting services. We also kind of opened it up to say some of our friends did bring babysitters with them or they brought their parents and they kind of expanded their group from maybe just mom, dad, and their kids. They added maybe grandpa or grandma to come watch. It was a a communication challenge Hmm. to just make sure that everyone understood that all are welcome for the pre-wedding, post-wedding wedding ceremony like we wanted kids at the wedding ceremony like my nephews were involved but it was really just that after hours and really the way that we kind of framed it was it's going to be late into the night we extended our reception so our reception actually ended at 12 30 so you know that's really late for your kids it's a lot to ask so we just armed our guests with as much information as possible and said hey these are like the kids night out or babysitting services so that they would be able to make the proper arrangements. But I will say many of our guests decided to leave their kids at home or they turned it into an extended family vacation. So they brought a niece or a nephew or an aunt to come and like care for their kids. So it wasn't, it wasn't a difficult choice for them. They had like their mom and dad night out where they came and partied with us. And then their kids stayed with someone that they trusted as a sitter. That's fantastic. Did you set up a room block for your guests? I did. And I think I listened to maybe your entire catalog of podcasts. (laughs) And I thoroughly, thoroughly read firsthand accounts from other brides and grooms because I really wanted to understand what Disney was asking us to commit to. And I felt like I was so prepared because I had listened to all the podcasts. I had read the guide. I had done all this stuff. But it's really different when you're walking in those shoes and you're making the decisions with your consultant. It's so different because, you know, no longer like a rehearsal or practice. It's the real thing. So understanding all of the information from my research, I asked the room block coordinator so many questions. And I also asked my guests so many questions. We ended up doing a pre-RSVP survey where we sent out maybe 120 to 120 guests, like a qualifier survey. Like, hey, we would like to include you in this destination wedding. Would you come? Would you stay on property? And then we gave the rates. So deluxe, moderate value. Because I really needed to, and this is a little bit of my organization, project management hat that I do. I needed to understand exactly what people were going to do. And I know that I cannot control people, but (laughs) I needed to project and see what that number was going to be. So if I had 30 guests that said, yes, definitely, we're going to be there. And I knew that they were going to stay. So this was part of the survey as well. How long are you staying? And I knew they all said they were going to stay for at least three nights. Okay, well, so, you know, the basic math and said, okay, like, hey, Disney, this is what I'm thinking. And I was as conservative as possible. So I categorized people's responses. If they were, yes, absolutely maybe but on the fence or no I removed all of the maybes and I removed all of the no's so I really just focused on the people that were yes absolutely and we both have quite large immediate families and they all committed to staying on property so I knew right away we would have at least 50 room nights so I went through with that and then I added on I think at the end we had like 120 room nights it was great we actually had guests that had to call to add on to the block, which is something that like 
our wedding was in October. So in July, I was starting to get hesitant because I, I knew exactly how many rooms we could drop. And I knew that we still had availability. And I'm typically an anxious person. It was really stressful to see like, okay, these people said that they were going to book, they didn't. And then our guests kind of came through and overbooked the room block that we had on reserve. So it was awesome. But I don't think it was necessarily worth the stress Hmm. because I was concerned, even because I projected the bare minimum, I still looked at it every day. Every day you get like the digest email. I still looked and knew what we were guaranteed, how many had been booked. I knew like my mom rented DVC points. So like I would always have like her reservation in the back of my head or somebody was staying elsewhere and we were just tacking them on. I kept like thinking about, you know, we really need these rooms. We really need this to work simply because I didn't want to have to pay for what we were on the hook for, which at the end of the day, that never happened because I had projected the minimum and that's what I had on reserve. And then we overbooked. It was great. Like we still got our comp nights. Our room block coordinator was amazing. She was super thorough, answered so many questions, helped our parents immensely because we had a couple of different like reservations going around. She was wonderful. So it was, it was worth it in that regard. But like if somebody is looking to do a room block simply because of the discount that's applied, I don't think it was necessarily worth it. That's just my like hindsight looking back at it, the stress of making sure that my guests booked and they booked on time. Everybody's different. I may just be an anxious bride, but even though I knew and projected where people were staying, how many nights they were staying, I still was nervous that we would potentially have to owe money. And I really didn't want to do that. At the end of the day, like I know that we would have had, we would have worked it out with our planner and everything would have been fine. It just was like an unneeded stress. And I should also add, one of the reasons that we opted to go with the room block was because I was looking forward to having my guests kind of all together at the different resorts. So we had Yacht and Beach Club, Caribbean Beach, and Pop Century. So in my mind, like, okay, our guests are kind of in their little pods at the resort, which is great. And they were, but it really, at the end of the day, didn't matter that much. And like everyone gathered where they needed to gather. It wasn't like a huge part of guest experience necessarily that like my grandma was near my aunt or something like that. And now you know how how my brain works. (laughs) Very anxious. (laughs) This is good advice for someone who knows that they're anxious and they, you know, maybe the stress is not worth it for what you get in the end. That would be my advice to anyone that if you are stressed about your budget or you think you could potentially be stressed about your budget, I wouldn't do it or I would do it for like the minimum. Know exactly who is going to book and don't add extra rooms to the room block. Got it. Okay, great. That's great advice. Now, how did you guys choose the day of the week and time of day for your event? for day of week and time of day we knew we wanted to do October but we didn't really care about like the date of the month that wasn't really important to us because as everyone knows if you're at Disney like every day of the week it feels like Saturday and we weren't partial to any sort of day like it would have been cool to get married on Friday the 13th but I wanted to be in the back half of the month simply because of hurricane season and I know that that's change every year but I just basically said okay the last two weeks of October this is what I'm looking for we know Friday Saturday Sunday Monday can be really competitive so I gave our consultant hey these are our our ideal locations where we want to have our events and we want to make sure that we get those spots so give us your best recommendation and they came back to us with a Tuesday the 24th and it worked out Now, how did you choose your ceremony and reception venues? My thorough research, and also we go to Disney several times a year. I've always loved catching the brides and grooms at Seabreeze Point on the boardwalk. Like, I loved it. I thought it was so cool. I took Dan there, and I was like, what do you think about this? And he said, absolutely not. he just said absolutely not this is not it and then we both really liked and I can't remember the name is escaping me but the beach at the poly when Dan proposed we were staying at the Polynesian and it was before construction so we had talked about that but then once it 
you know, came time to book, that was no longer available to us. And he didn't like any of the other beaches, but he saw the wedding pavilion and he was like, I really like this. I really like the wedding pavilion. So I said, okay, like, let's give it a go. I, I didn't picture myself as a wedding pavilion bride. I thought that was going to be like really fancy and formal. And our wedding was pretty fancy and formal, but I'm pretty laid back as it is. So I didn't expect it, but we, we ended up at the wedding pavilion. I loved it. I would do it again there in a heartbeat. It was beautiful. And then for our reception location, when we had inquired with Disney, I always wanted GM Lounge because there are a couple of other brides that I saw like their photos from GM Lounge and I just thought it was beautiful. But they told us that it wasn't available because of construction. And I was so disappointed. We knew that we always wanted to have an in-park celebration or party. And that was like a part that I had to like kind of walk down through because he really wanted a traditional dinner reception. And I kind of was leaning more towards like a celebration and then like doing some other parties. We ended up with a full dinner reception, which I wouldn't change at all. But he wanted full dinner reception in a park, which you're limited in your options. And we also didn't want it to be too like late at night. Like he didn't want to do something that started at like 11 p.m. So our consultant understanding all of those bullets that we needed to check off he suggested Italy Isola which at the time and looking at photos and other people's experience like it looks beautiful so that's what we committed to wedding pavilion ceremony at five o'clock and then a I believe it was like a 6 30 start time at Italy Isola I went and I saw Italy Isola like two months after we signed our LOA and I panicked and said I can't I can't do this I can't do this here I guess I blocked out in my mind that you know people can see you and it's not private which seems silly to say that I guess I just didn't think about that experience as the bride and groom so I reached back out to Disney and I said hey is there anything we can do like I'll even consider another park it doesn't have to be Epcot I'll consider any options that you have I just need something more private for our party And our consultant said, hey, I have good news. GM Lounge is actually going to be open. So I didn't even talk to Dan. I said, we'll take it. (laughs) I I want it. And that's how we ended up at GM Lounge for our reception. Okay, that's great. Now, did you guys use any outside vendors for the portions of your event where you were able to? We did. Photo and video are very important to us because it was such an experience for us to have all of our family, like my grandparents, cousins, aunts, uncles, everybody was coming. We really wanted to make sure that it was documented by the right team. So we actually interviewed probably 10 photo and video teams that were recommended from the group or recommended from past brides and grooms. And we ended up with Captured by Elle for photo and Merrily Married for video. Elle, Prince, and Nick are amazing. I would fly them up to Buffalo, that's where we are, any day to, to document a special event for us if I could, if, if money was no object, and I would hire them again in a second. They were all just so professional and lovely to be around, like our, our energies all kind of matched. It was amazing. So we have our footage, like our raw footage, and we have a teaser from Merrily Married. I probably watched it like a hundred times. It's just so exciting to see it like from the other point of view. I definitely recommend video. We're really happy with the previews and the experience of working with them because we don't have the final product, but I know that it's going to be amazing. And we had photo and video for our welcome party and for our obviously ceremony and reception. So it was great to have them kind of document the whole process before the wedding pre and post. And then I also had Lejeune Artistry for hair and makeup. And I used them for the welcome party the day of and an in-park photo shoot. They did my hair and makeup. Patricia's team is so professional and they make you feel like you're a princess for your day, but also that you're yourself. So I didn't feel too overdone or anything like that. I still looked amazing, I think. I was shocked to see myself with the full full glam hair and makeup, but they were truly amazing. And again, 
I would use them for anything. If I need to do another event at Disney, I would absolutely use them again. And then I had, I did day of coordination and dress theming, garment theming from Martell Event Services. Catherine was wonderful. She was great. She came and, you know, we chatted in my room. The two days before, she gathered up all of our paper stuff that she was going to place for us. Very, very calm energy, which is what you need in the days leading up to your wedding. I would hire her again in a second. Again, all of our vendors were very calm and professional, but I think that that was intentional when we were doing our interviews with everyone to make sure that we all kind of clicked together. But she really was like a calm eye that you could kind of turn and look at when it was becoming, you know, there's a million different people and things are going a hundred different ways. She was just wonderful to have that person. That's fantastic. How did you choose your officiant? So for our officiant, we actually did the same thing with our approach to photo and video. It's really important that we had someone that we both felt strongly about to marry us. So we interviewed, I want to say we interviewed five officiants to just see that, you know, everything's going to click and work. And we ended up going with Reverend Glenn Ferguson. He was great, super professional. We had gone back and forth on if we were going to do a rehearsal. We did do a rehearsal and we had him come and it was totally worth it for that extra peace of mind. You don't want to feel as though your ceremony is like a dime a dozen because there are so many weddings that are happening in Orlando and especially at Disney at any time. He made us feel special, but he also reassured us that he does so many ceremonies. Like he's a pro, he's an expert, and we appreciated that. It was great. Did you guys add any kind of entertainment to your reception or your ceremony? We did. So for our ceremony, we didn't have additional entertainment. We used the organ player. We picked all of our own music, of course, and that was wonderful. And then for the reception, we had a DJ. We had DJ Bailey, who is amazing. We met with her ahead of time. We went through all of our kind of preferences for music because we are kind of particular and the things that we like and we didn't want any sort of like cliche music so we actually had more of a like do not playlist and then just kind of talked about the tone that we were looking for she accommodated everything she also did a taylor swift set for me because i'm a big taylor swift fan so she it was wonderful it was amazing and the videos of it are great but she did a big like taylor swift set that was a hit with our guests That was one of my most favorite parts of the night, like just dancing. And she kept the energy up all night and was just fun. Like she she made it fun. She did not make it feel like another wedding in any kind of ballroom. She made it feel really special. That's fantastic. Do you have any menu items or cake flavors from the reception that you would recommend? Probably more of advice. We went and we did a menu tasting so that we could get an understanding of what are people doing what's new we know what we like and we we love going to disney because we love like food and drink we just love dining out and like the experience and disney service is always amazing so we had kind of our favorites in mind from our restaurants of like our favorite restaurants but i really wanted to see like from the event side what does disney recommend and the tasting just didn't wow me Hmm. and I don't know, maybe my expectations were too high or I was just being a little too critical, but I didn't have a great time and I didn't love any of the food. So I kind of walked away from it like, okay, what are we going to do? Because we were thinking like, okay, we love dining at Disney. And then we went to the tasting and I know it's a tasting and I know it's like just meant to be like little bites of everything. I didn't expect full meals, but it just didn't seem to like go together. So yeah. (laughs) It was okay. I should also add with a little asterisk on this, I am gluten-free. So all of my food was prepared separately at the tasting. So I got to try everything. I got to do alternatives that would be like, okay, this is the gluten version that Dan's trying. And then I would try the gluten-free version. And there were a couple of things that I really wanted to try from like looking at the menus for small bites and hors d'oeuvres. So I did get to do that. And that was good. And the food was good. The experience was just like, meh. (laughs) And we also did our cake tasting. So we got a box from the Grand Floridian. We did all no gluten added cake. 
and we were overwhelmed with the choices. To me, they were all amazing. The gluten-free cake, and I know that other people have had some bad experiences where cake is dry. The gluten-free cake was not dry at all. All of them were very moist and flavorful. They didn't taste fake or anything like that. So we ended up going with churro and churro, churro filling, pistachio, and I want to say buttercream. And then we had an almond cake with the lavender blueberry, I believe, with the mousse as our three layers. So I would recommend the churro because that was the only one I got to taste. My guest said that all of the flavors were amazing. I just only got to try the churro, which was kind of a bummer. I still had some here in my freezer. We ended up buying Tupperware containers because they saved us most of our top. I bought Tupperware containers in Disney and then brought them brought it home with me. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was amazing. So back to the menu, I struggled. I struggled with decisions because I felt like the tasting was like an overwhelming, overstimulating event where it was like all of these different things that didn't really go together. So we set up a call with our planner to just kind of recap our experience at the tasting. And she kind of walked us through digesting the things that we like and the restaurants that we like in the parks and hotels. So then we kind of just broke it out from there. These are our tried and true favorites. So we knew we were going to do the beef short rib. We struggled with a chicken or another meat dish. So she recommended, I believe it was like a stuffed chicken breast. I didn't try it, but my guest said that it was great. And then we did a mahi-mahi entree for the fish. And then I don't want to say that we kept it like bland, but we just didn't go over the top with like different flavor profiles. So we did, I believe it's champagne risotto and a seasonal vegetable. We kind of tried to keep it light because we took our guests on Guardians of the Galaxy after dinner. (laughs) So keeping that in mind, we wanted food that people are really going to like. And I think I'm forgetting something. There was a salad that's in there somewhere, but we wanted like good staples that were going to taste better than just standard banquet food. But we also didn't want our guests to be super tired or, you know, not want to keep partying for the rest of the night because we knew that we had Guardians of the Galaxy and our reception was booked to go until 1230. That's interesting. Did you leave the reception to do the ride mix in when the park closed or was the park open later that night? So we left in the middle of the reception. I'll be interested to hear how that all fit together when we talk about your timeline. But first, (laughs) can you tell my listeners a little bit about your welcome party? So our welcome party, we knew that we wanted guest experience to be the driver and we wanted guests to see the things that we loved. So we were going to do our welcome party in the Animal Kingdom. It was scheduled and booked for Tamu Tamu with a ride mix in on Flight of Passage. We love Animal Kingdom. It's one of our most favorite parks. And it's really upsetting to me that we did not actually get to execute on that. So maybe around April or May, we got the phone call that Tamu Tamu was under construction. And I was prepared because everyone that has gone before us kind of told us, you know, Disney can change things and it's up to the parks with approval of where your event can be. So we were offered Harambe train station to which I just agreed to Harambe train station immediately because I still wanted to be an animal kingdom. I was upset, but I wasn't too upset because I knew that the train station was beautiful. So then fast forward to October, our wedding was, or well, our welcome party was on October 23rd. I want to say that I got this call on Friday the 13th, so October 13th. I was called by our planner. She let me know that we could not have the train station due to park hours changing and that we were going to be moved to, I want to say it was Harambe Market, which guest experience, look and feel were really the most important things to us. And when I showed Dan the photos of what the marketplace looked like, He and I both agreed that that just did not flow with what we were really looking for. Tamu Tamu was it for us. (laughs) We just loved that it kind of looked like you were in the trees with like the twinkle lights. And then it was a little in between on the guest experience for Harambe train station. But when we got to the marketplace, it was a definite no for us. So unfortunately, we went back 
um, to our planner and we said, we're going to need to find some other options here because this just isn't going to work for us. And that was difficult. It was really difficult to go through that like 10 days from the date of the event while you're still doing all of your last minute prep, you're still working, you know, doing your, your kind of like nine to five thing. And then also everything is supposed to be set and, and, and planned for, but everyone else's advice has prepared me to know that Disney can change things at any time. <laughs> so we just went back and forth a little bit with our planner and we actually said, we don't even want to be in a park anymore because we were so upset because there was nothing available at that point. We had no options really at Animal Kingdom and it was during food and wine. So venue space at Epcot was going to be tricky. So that's what we kind of left it at at like four o'clock on that Friday was we're going to reach out to the parks. We're going to find out if something's available to do a firework party at Epcot. And so we were really excited. We were like, we know that they're going to come back to us with something. And they did. The unfortunate part was that there were, I want to say it was like a deluxe after hours night. So we couldn't do a ride mix in, but we did end up at the France Pavilion and it was still great. And like fireworks were really important to me. And that was something that we gave up when we decided to move away from Italy. I we knew that when we were going to GM lounge, we would not really be able to see any fireworks. So it was a silver lining that we got a great fireworks show. And because of our room block, our guests could use the Skyliner and they could walk over from Yacht and Beach Club. That's what we did. The very true Disney transportation. I got frantic messages from my guests that were at Skyliner Resorts letting me know the Skyliner was down and that they were going to be there as soon as they possibly could because I believe that they told me that they got bussed to the boats over at Hollywood Studios and then they came over on a boat. <laughs> it was all fine, like the time and everything worked out, but it just was like one of those things that like the Skyliner might not go down. It might only go down for two minutes. It was down for like an hour and it just, just so happened to be when everyone was supposed to be coming to the welcome party. Interesting. Okay. And then can you also tell my listeners a bit about your farewell party at Seabreeze Point? Absolutely. So we did a farewell brunch over at Seabreeze Point so that I could still get a little bit of that Seabreeze um, location, just not for our ceremony. And it was beautiful. It's a beautiful spot. It just was a little clunky as far as like service. And it was not a great departing note for our guests that it just had like a great time the night before. It just seemed like we were a little understaffed from Disney. And if it were not for our coordinator that was there from Disney, she was amazing. Um, she was actually pouring and serving mimosas. And it was just a little, it was a little unfortunate when you have 80 people that are asking for, you know, a cocktail or a drink um, for the brunch. And there's only one person. And that's not even their responsibility to be making drinks for guests. So we kind of asked them, like, what was the plan here? Like, did someone not show up? What happened? Because the food was staged, but it wasn't, like, like opened and ready to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, the buffet was there and, like, food was present. Um, but, you know, when, like, the the server will kind of go through the, the, the line and like open the serving dishes, like the chafing dishes. Dan and I did that. So we actually like led the line and like opened everything. Um, they weren't replenishing silverware. So as plates were cleared, guests no longer had a fork or a knife. And they also didn't have a place to go get that for whatever reason. I don't know what was going on. And we did express all of this feedback back to our planner and just kind of walk through it that it was, you know, supposed to be a farewell. It was supposed to be like a light and fun, you know, quick 90 minute thing. And it was a little chaotic when we had guests that were, you know, looking to go grab another Mickey waffle as we all would <laughs> after a late night. Um, but they had 
nothing to eat it with. So it was just a rough representation of Disney service. And they admitted that. Um, my advice would be to really advocate in that moment to say something needs to change. I think we were just a bit exhausted at that time to just ask for maybe a manager to come out to the event itself. Um, but our coordinator from Disney Fairy Tale Weddings kind of jumped in and was that server um, and bartender. So it helped, but it was a little bit of a bummer on a great, great like three days of celebrations. Interesting. Okay. So then can you give my listeners a timeline of how the wedding day all fit together? Oh, absolutely. So the day of the wedding, um, I woke up bright and early. <laughs> um, and I went for a walk just kind of on the loop for the boardwalk with my sisters and just kind of like hug out and had a coffee, tried to like stay as relaxed as possible. Um, Dan and a lot of his like guy friends did a big breakfast reservation over at Allen Compass. And then he got ready at Yacht Club and I got ready at our room in the beach club. Hair and makeup came around 11. So I had a pretty long like morning to relax and do my own thing. I definitely recommend that if you're able to, to give yourself that time because the adrenaline is high. So I just kind of hung out with my sisters and my mom until they got to the room at 11. We immediately started to get ready. We were ready pretty quickly. I want to say that we were like pretty much totally ready by like 2 p.m. Photo and video showed up at like 1.40. So they did like the little detail shots, a couple of shots of us, like in mashing pajamas, that kind of thing. And then hopped in my dress and we were down doing our first look, I want to say by like 2.45-ish. So we did our first look in, there's like a little courtyard behind Beach Club where uh, there's an aerial statue. It's part of the DVC area. And it, I want to say that they call it the Solarium. It's like a long hallway with windows. So we did our first look there, did some portraits, and then we were off to Grand Floridian. At first, we did not want to do a first look because we kind of wanted to keep it like a traditional surprise like that first look down the aisle. But from hearing other people's firsthand advice and understanding that, you know, I mean, everywhere time is money, but at Disney, time just goes by so quickly and it goes so quickly on that day. I'm so thankful that like we made the decision to do our first look ahead of the ceremony because we were able to do all of our family portraits and see everybody. So like I got to see my in-laws and Dan got to see my parents, my grandparents got to be there. It was like, a really special like hour together at the Grand Floridian for our portraits that we would not have had. We would have had like this kind of rushing feeling after the ceremony. Okay, like, okay, get the kids. Like my nephews were in the photos, like get the kids. Where's your sister? Um, you know, smile, pose. And everyone would kind of want to be like getting on to the party component of the night. So I'm really thankful that we did the first look and that we were able to do so many photos at the Grand Floridian. It was very cool, but it was day. It was like, 3.30 when we were there and we were there for a little over an hour because our ceremony was at 5 p.m. and it was quiet in the Grand Floridian so we we did a ton of photos <laughs> which I was I was really like I understood from other people's experience that that might not be the case for them so I was tempering my expectations and it ended up being great so then we went over to the wedding pavilion <laughs> hung out in the bridal suite which is so beautiful and I wish we could all have the Disney mirrors from the wedding pavilion in our <laughs> homes it's a really silly detail but they're like so beautiful and but it just makes you feel like that extra Disney magic but we I was in there it felt like felt like the longest 10 minutes of my life and then shortest now looking back on it so everyone's advice to, to like really soak in the moments and really like experience where you are, like be present. Um, I kept trying to remind myself of that during the day. And I did in the wedding pavilion, standing there alone. It was wonderful. 
and then I walked into the ceremony. Our ceremony started at five. I want to say we were done by like at least by five twenty. Stage exit, some more portraits at picture point. We had to get some monorail photos as well. And the sun, it was like the beautiful like golden hour sun. Guests left to go over to to Epcot. Transportation was rough. We had more than the size of a regular coach. So we had to have two, like a mini coach and then like a big coach. So our families were on the mini coach and that had a better experience. But the big, the big bus ended up getting held up and my guests were waiting on the bus for a really long time. And there were some issues with transportation, but they made it. They got to GM Lounge around like 6.30. So we sat in the bus backstage and watched all of our guests go through security um and then up the elevator which is like part of the disney magic that no one sees right that you have to wait you have to wait in the hallway just hanging out so that was a little bit slow and like nerve-wracking but honestly it was probably 15 minutes of just waiting for guests to clear so that we could get in there and then you know we kicked off everything at like seven with first dance speeches then dinner and then I believe we cut the cake around 8 30 there was a little bit of dancing like and then DJ Bailey made an announcement as everybody was kind of dancing and hanging out that we were going to go over to Guardians of the Galaxy we kept Guardians of the Galaxy as like a soft surprise like we let people know that there was going to be a ride we did not tell them what it was some of my more nervous guests that did not like thrill rides, I, I gave them more information, like one-on-one, so that they could prepare. <laughs> so we kind of, like, rallied everybody that we were like, you're going to want to go on this. Like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. <laughs> Who takes a break from the reception and goes on a roller coaster? So we did it. I want to say, like, 50% of our guests ended up coming. The rest stayed back um, at GM Lounge. And... It was just really cool. I want to say an hour of time for our actual ride mix in, like to get everybody out of GM lounge, walk them over. Um, We asked for a favor if we could take some photos um, kind of in the plaza right in front of the ride, because that's where Dan proposed. So we do have a group photo, which Disney was kind enough to let us do that and then get back and then like keep, keep going for another hour and a half is really I think what time we had remaining after the ride itself which was perfect it was a good break of kind of dancing and drinking um to take a break and go ride Guardians of the Galaxy which was one of our favorite rides and then kind of come back and finish the night strong with some more Taylor Swift (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Okay, so when you were planning, what were some of the most important aspects where you focused your attention and budget? Our most important part was guest experience. We wanted guests to experience Disney the way that we do. When we're at Disney, we love to check out like the newest restaurants. We like to go to our favorite classic restaurants like California Grill is always on our rotation. Um, we wanted our guests to experience that side of Disney, um, that it's not just for kids and that there is an adult component to it. So that's kind of how we set the baseline for everything. And then as far as what was important for our budget, we knew out of the gate that we wanted a dinner reception. So we knew to plan kind of backwards from that. So I used your guide and the calculator in the back and I took it um, and I kind of made, I made like seven different versions of a spreadsheet um, where I would like punch in guest counts and different variations of like, okay, like this is what it's going to look like if this is what we do. And this is what it's going to look like if we do um, option A, B, C, or D. So then I would focus on guest count and um, just overall investment. 
Uh, and then I would tell Dan that this is what we have left. <laughs> um, Dan and I, I mean, we obviously <laughs> suit each other quite well. So he's a like a visionary. He is a creative director. So he sees like a big picture and like a beautiful like beginning to end event. And I see, okay, this minute cost us $63. So we need to do this. Really. Um, I think more so in terms of like uh, budget and where can we save a little bit or what can we do a little differently. Um, but I was not that strict with the budget to the point of having the guest experience suffer. We compromised on some fronts um, and tried to save dollars on things that no one could see. Right. Um, the unfortunate part of that is that we, because we had an in park event, um, we were required obviously to use Disney transportation for backstage. Um, and that was a big investment. And no one can see it, right? Like, you, you ride the bus and it's a bus. <laughs> or you take the van and it's a van. But it was quite costly. And um, the experience was really poor. So I would not do that again. I would do whatever I could to get to a point where I could control transportation. So, yes, I would have this exact same thing. Wedding pavilion, GM lounge. I would probably try to negotiate something for transportation because it was a lot of money that no one can see and the guest experience really suffered. The bus was supposed to be on a rotating like departure schedule, which didn't happen. And it wasn't, we've gone back and forth with Disney quite a bit about that. Um, it was a lot of money and I don't know where like the disconnect was like, all of the Disney staff that helped us on, you know, the rehearsal, the welcome party, the day of, the brunch, our farewell brunch, they were all amazing. But, like, whoever was our transportation support, they just were missing in action. And I don't think that the investment necessarily warrants that type of service. So I would not do it again. I would do whatever I could to avoid the transportation costs. Okay, got it. What ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? When we were doing the ride mix-in at the reception, um, if anyone has gone through the ride queue, uh, you'll know that there's like a pre-video. All of my guests were watching the video and I was watching them. And it was so cool to just see that, like to look around and to see our friends and family that traveled from all over the country um, to come celebrate our wedding. It was a really cool moment that I would not have had if I were not at Disney and if we did not have a Disney wedding. And then another moment that was one of my favorites was just standing alone in um, the bridal suite, like waiting to be called in. It was just a really good few moments of reflection for myself. That's wonderful. Now, was there anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand or you were worried about and then it turned out not to be a big deal? I struggle with this because I still feel like everything was a big deal. Like the room, <laughs> the room block worked out. Like it was a really big deal, but it all worked out. Um, transportation. I was really worried about it was rough for us and it was resolved by going back and forth with Disney. And I only knew to be concerned or to like understand that transportation could be difficult um, from other people's reviews of their own events to understand that. The things that I was told by others to like be clear and um, direct about your expectations, those were the things that I did focus on. Um, and I made sure that they were covered and then they still had problems. <laughs> but, mm. but I knew to be particular about it because other people had been through the same thing. Right, yeah. Do you have any other tips or advice for future Disney couples? I would say um, to do as much research as possible, read reviews, read about other people's experiences so that it can kind of help coach you. Ask. The worst thing that you're going to hear is no, right? So 
ask the questions to clarify what's being delivered for you. Ask the questions of, hey, is this going to be, is this possible? Um, you know, let them kind of ponder what it is and then give you a no, I guess. I struggled with that. I struggled with asking for something different. And Dan is really great at that. So he did complement that in the planning process. What I've experienced from other, like reading about other people's time in their planning was to be aware that communication could be slow and to be aware that it could be kind of piecemealed. So what I did was I took from that um, to be as organized as possible. So ask the question, get, get clarifying answers, but do it in an organized fashion. So from my like day job of being a project manager, I just knew to like stay as organized as possible. So give photos of what my inspiration was, um, ask detailed questions, but do it once, you know, like, I did my best to not send a million emails to our planner and our planner's assistant because I knew if I did that, that would be really overwhelming. That would be overwhelming for me to do and overwhelming for them. Um, so yeah, my advice is to ask questions to, to clarify or to see if there's other options available to you and be as organized as possible. Yes, it's Disney's job to be your planner, but um, you know, like they're planning the event to the terms of the agreement. You need to do a little advocating for yourself, but you also have to understand like this is a business. Um, and while it is an emotional and important day in your life, like you need to treat it like it's, it's an agreement. So that might sound a little cold, but that's kind of how we approached this was, you know, like this is what we've agreed upon. Is there anything else available to us and be as organized as possible? That's great advice. Well, Caitlin, I think you've offered a lot of great tips and advice for anyone who's interested in getting married at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. Past shows and tons of photos for each episode are available on my website, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com, or listen in your favorite podcast app. And for instant answers to all your Walt Disney World wedding questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com. <laughs>